Eric Tassob here. You're listening to another episode of the Zag from NLC Convention in my hometown of Houston, Texas. Excited to have a couple episodes the next couple of days with folks who are here and very excited to be joined by the boss of NLC, Mark Riddle. Let's get to it. All right, Mark, what convention number is this for you? Do you even know at this point? Yeah, actually, um, this is my eighth NLC convention. We started back in 2011, I guess, with in New Orleans was my first uh, inaugural speech. And so it's been seven great years with NLC and, and Eric and folks like you with your great leadership. Uh, NLC has really flourished. What's the biggest change from conventions of years past compared to now? And this is a podcast where you can't use vulgar language, so keep that in mind when you explain the early years versus what we're going to see here in Houston the next couple of days. Sure. I, I just think NLC has really uh, hit its stride. Um, the number of folks coming in uh, over the next few days will be close to 500. Real diverse community from all around the country. All 50 of our chapters will be represented. I think our, our total budget for the first NLC retreat that I uh, participated in was like $25,000. Um, uh, this costs a little bit more than that, but um, I think it's important to bring uh, leaders together, particularly during these times, have conversations, talk about policy, talk about ideas, setting the tone for next year's class. Um, really important few days for NLC. And I could really make a strong argument it's an important few days for our country. The millennial generation is the largest voting block uh, in American history. Um, the big concern in the midterms is millennial voters going to, to get out and vote. Um, and the leaders in this uh, event over the next few days have a lot of influence with their communities back home. And so I think it's part about energizing and getting people focused on the midterms. And then how much does the location of the convention kind of influence what's talked about or what kind of energy comes comes out of it? Sure. Um, our Houston chapter is one of our marquee chapters around the country. I believe they were our NLC chapter of the year last year. It's also the hometown for one Mr. Eric DeSobe. And sure. so wanted to make sure it was convenient <laughs> for your parents to uh, attend this year's uh, event. Um, no, we always try to do a little local flavor. Um, we're here at the beautiful Estonian, which is an historic um, hotel here in Houston. Um, right now, as we're taping this, we have our NLCers all over town working on projects, learning about the community. We've got great local um, Texas leader speakers like Amanda Edwards, who's on the city council here, uh, former mayor of San Antonio, Julian Castro. We had uh, <clears throat> Chester Pitts uh, played for the Houston Texans, kick us off today and talk about um, building strong communities. So, um, we always try to give a little bit of a local, uh, a little bit of a local flavor. Yeah, and I always love catching up with you. We see each other maybe once or twice a year because you get to travel so much to NLC chapters and just in general. So, what are you hearing on the ground in terms of what is going to be the most motivating message for people uh, moving forward for the rest of this year towards the midterms, and and what's really resonating with people as they look ahead to twenty twenty? Gosh, well, I think the number one thing that everybody's focused on is um, Trump. Uh, it's scary, man. Um, just think how Sankey was one, the latest reminder that, you know, we really are in potentially, and I could make a pretty strong argument, a, a fight for the soul of our country you know, and by extension, Western civilization. The fact that 
There was even contemplation about having um, Ambassador McFall go back to Russia and answer questions. It's just really extraordinary. Uh, when it comes to uh, millennial leaders, uh, millennials in particular, and I think actually it relates to all voters, I think there's a sense that the system is just broken. I think Trump was uh, a, a reflection of that. There are people who are like, screw it, let's try something. Um overwhelmingly, I think what millennial leaders need to focus on is how do we how do we pass an anti-corruption uh, plank that's really A to Z? You know, uh, people are working hard and, you know, people go to school, they do the right things, they're swimming and they're kind of staying in the same place. And, and why is that? Because of dark money, gerrymandering. Uh, look, look at the Kavanaugh nomination. I mean, he was given a list of 25 names selected by Heritage. So I think the couple things that I've been thinking a lot about and we have a lot of research and you're starting to see this bore out over the election is I think what we need to do as progressives and, and I'm, a, I'm a proud Democrat. So I'll say I'll say that here. Um, we need to take we need to fight and take back the word freedom. Remember Martin Luther King, it was the Jobs and Freedom March. Um, we kind of let them hijack kind of basic American words, freedom, family, faith. Um, I think we have to fight for those. I think we get way too caught up in process and legislative lingo and who's right and wrong and don't kind of speak to the heart and soul of America. I also think that we've got to make the American worker our hero again uh, with regards to the progressive movement. I think for some set of reasons, we've had almost an elite condensation towards a lot of folks who get up and work every day. Um, the third thing, like I just mentioned, I think, I think this feels very much like a 74 election. Um, I know many of our listeners may not have been around then, but it's really important election to study. It was brought in a whole crop of reformers post Watergate. I think you're starting to see some signs of that. We got a lot of young folks. We got a lot of NLCers running for office around the country. I think we've had 81 already run and win this year alone. Um, I think it's really a reform message. Like, how do you fix the system so that families, you know, can get ahead? Because at the end of the day, people really, really are on an arc. I think progressives spend way too much time arguing over some of the social safety nets. We already kind of get that vote. I think we've really got to go right at these guys and, and win back some of these basic American words. Talk about entrepreneurism. It's really the cornerstone of NLC is political entrepreneurism, you know, and really talk about the future. And so I think if we do that, I think we'll be much, much better electoral shape. I think right now we've, we've done too much kind of transactional chess politics of, ooh, this person's oppo book or that we like this person, don't like that person. I think to create a big wave and a deep wave, we got to be the party of reform. We got to be the party of change. That means, as Chester mentioned today, our elected officials need to look like this generation. Um, and we've got to really build out the entire bench. And so I'm really super proud of NLC. Eric, I just will say on a personal note, you've been one of our staunchest leaders, period, end of sentence in the country, and really appreciate all you do for not only your community in LA, but around the country. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you can be a founding board of Old Leaders Council since I'm also tapping out on the new part here pretty soon. <laughs> when we come back, I'll ask Mark some more about some of his, his travels and what he hears about NLC. You're listening to The Zag. Stay tuned. All right, so when you are out talking to 
folks about NLC. Has your conversation type changed? Do you have to explain what NLC is anymore when you're on the road? Or do you are you now in a place where folks already know it, the baseline is established, and you're pushing for support or contributions above and beyond? What kind of things do you hear about the org itself? That's a, that's a great question. I felt like I was, uh, uh, a few of us were trying to push a rock up the hill early on, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Um, NLC is now the largest training program for millennial uh, progressive leaders in the country. Um, we are leading an effort nationally um, with our executive director running the meetings of 23 other progressive pipeline organizations to share and compare notes. We believe that when folks work together, we're better off. I really don't have to explain NLC as much anymore. We've had so many remarkable leaders go through the program. I think word of mouth has really helped. It's competitive to get in. I think we've kept the uh, integrity of the organization. We're a transparent organization from donors to 990s to we have chapter leadership. Um, the thing I'm most proud about um, about NLC is 63% of our fellows this year were non-white, 70, 61% of our, our fellows were female, 70% of our chapter directors were female. So it's really a real reflection of, of um, the good in our country and, and of NLC. So no, I don't have to explain it as much, but there's still a lot of doors to knock on. And then last thing, you are from Kentucky. You can tell by the voice. Yeah. You are a man who appreciates a good strong drink. So if somebody was either in Kentucky or wanted to represent Kentucky if they're at a bar this evening at NLC convention, what would you recommend bourbon-wise, drink-wise, what should people be doing? Well, um, thank you for that really important question. <laughs> I will now um, do my politics well. No, I'm a Woodford Reserve guy. Okay. I like a little ginger ale in there. I know that's a little strange. I like a little sweet. I think if I had my ultimate gift, it would be a small batch, 10-year uh, um, Russell Reserve. It's my favorite drink. Just a little bit on, a little bit on the rocks. And for for anybody who wants to come into Kentucky, we have a great bourbon trail. We have great horse racing. Um, we're going to work really hard to try to turn our state around. We we uh, we've struggled on the political side the last few years, but we've got a lot of up and coming talent. So I'm I'm excited, and and I'll see is playing a big role in that as well. Well, thanks for all you're doing for the org. Thanks for your support getting so many people here as well we got a big crew from la big crew from a lot of chapters and if you are bored in between sessions or before you fall asleep tonight download all the episodes of the zag there's 80 on our website or on itunes spotify google play soundcloud stitcher that's all there stay tuned for smaller episodes short ones coming throughout the next couple days thanks for listening we'll catch you soon 